Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen and I work for Danfoss Cooling. Thank you for listening in on this podcast, which is the ninth in a series on evaporative refrigeration. So far, I've talked about the refrigerant as a substance and mentioned a few examples of refrigerants, what that could be, like butane gas or lighter gas. But let's take a closer look at these different types of refrigerants, starting with what it is we require from this ideal refrigerant. The very idea of the refrigerant is, of course, that it evaporates and condenses easily while transporting energy in the form of heat from the evaporator to the condenser. It should also be safe to handle, that is, it should be non-toxic and it should be non-flammable. And it should not be aggressive towards tubings and containers and, of course, it should be cheap and all the other nice things. So that would be the ideal refrigerant. As for function, the boiling point should be below the cooling temperature that you want to obtain. So freezers would probably need a different refrigerant than an air conditioning system. In short, there is no one refrigerant fits all. In fact, there are often quite a few compromises that we need to make when selecting the refrigerant to our specific need. Also, the handling, the hazard that the refrigerant poses needs to be addressed. As an example, ammonia is used in large industrial systems, like in coal stores, and propane is used in small domestic fridges. The opposite would pose risks in both cases, as ammonia is toxic and propane is flammable. The different standard organizations, among others ISO and ANSI, define safety groups with letter A or B for toxicity and a number 1 to 3 for flammability. So when a refrigerant carries the safety group classification A1, it's not toxic and it's not flammable, whereas a B3 would be both to- toxic and highly flammable. When I started in the refrigeration business, there were basically three different refrigerants for the so-called commercial systems to work with, but that has changed dramatically over the last two decades. Starting some 20 years ago, many of the synthetic refrigerants for commercial systems became banned for production because of environmental hazard they posed. The phase-out process has been carried out slightly different and with slightly different timings in the different countries around the world, but the effect is basically the same. The synthetic refrigerants, the chlorofluorocarbons, or the CFCs, were among the first to be closed down. Now also the HCFCs are being gradually phased out. The natural refrigerants are slowly gaining ground around the world, 
some faster than other. You will probably have a fridge with propane or isobutane in your house. Or maybe your local supermarket will have a CO2 system in the store. So things are moving, although at a pace that makes sense. So there's no reason yet to scrap the well-functioning HVAC system the next few years. Last I counted the number of refrigerants in the refrigerant slider. There were more than 85 different chemical brews, so there's a huge competition in finding the right refrigerants. One of the more, say, interesting refrigerants that resurfaces these days is the carbon dioxide or CO2. Danfoss is expecting the use of CO2 as refrigerant to grow the next couple of decades along with other natural refrigerants like propane, ethane, methane and other hydrocarbons. But let's just put a few more words on the use of CO2. Working with CO2 requires a high working pressure, which also means quite a different demand for the components in the CO2 system, where the condensing pressure could reach up to 100 bars in so-called transcritical operation range. So the entire system layout will be quite different than a conventional commercial refrigeration system. There is a constant development and research going on, so we should expect a lot of news about these refrigerants in the coming years. But let's get back to the conventional commercial system. There are quite a few other issues that need to be addressed when talking about refrigerants, like oil. The oil for lubricating the system, which is basically the compressor, it needs to match the refrigerant. You will need to follow the recommendations of the refrigerant manufacturer to find the correct type of oil. If you retrofit a system, that is, if you change to a different type of refrigerant in a system, an existing system, it is important that the new refrigerant have identical thermodynamic properties, the same dew and bubble line characteristics as the old one. And you should still check if all the components will work with the new refrigerant, especially the compressor and the expansion valve. Be absolutely sure that when you charge a system, that it has been evacuated fully, that is, that it has been sucked to a vacuum of 300 microns, and that it holds the vacuum for a few hours before you recharge the system with the refrigerant that you have decided on. We would greatly appreciate feedbacks and suggestions to future refrigeration topics, or if you have specific questions to this episode, please leave a comment on the Chilling with the Ends SoundCloud page. I look forward to hearing from you. We would also appreciate it if you would click like, share, and repost to help us spread the word about Chilling with the Ends and evaporative refrigeration. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you soon at the next episode. Until then, stay cool. (laughs) 